Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Not too bad, had a pretty bad headache yesterday, which would have been for Tuesday, uh, in terms of you know recording, releasing, whenever you listen to this. I mean, you might listen to this in two weeks, who knows. Um, but yeah, I had a, a fairly bad headache yesterday, it continued kind of today, but went away, and now it feels like it's gone, So, which is always good in terms of... When you go to record stuff, you don't want a headache, so that's good. Um, but yeah, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, I'm got a little bit of the aches and pains as well, but that's more from the fact that my job requires me to stand on concrete for eight hours a day, which is oh. never good for your feet, which rolls up to your knees, which rolls up to your back. So, mm-hmm. but you know, that's the job, so I took it. So, okay, um, cool. All right, so what have you been playing within the last week? Uh, within the last week, uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I've been doing more Division Two. I forgot to mention last week they had a free weekend for Dragon Ball Fighter Z, so I did play a good chunk of that. Wasn't overly impressed. Which one is that? That's the one where it's basically an episode of the anime. Which, when it gets into that, it's actually pretty good because all the character voices sound like it, all the visuals look like it. It's literally like playing a game of Dragon Ball Z. The problem is, is that, that it's the load times. Okay. You know, when you... It's it's very, like, non-linear stage set. The basic plot is, is that there's clones of all the fighters going around, and so you're not fighting all the other characters in the game. You're fighting their clones. Um, but you go to an area to do a fight, and it's a good 35, 40 seconds to load. Then you get all the DBZ, you know, you know juxtaposition, soliloquy thing going on, which is actually kind of an enjoy- enjoyable to a point. Uh, but then it loads into the fight itself, and then loading the actual fight takes a good 35, 40 seconds, which is just mm. way too long. Yeah. I mean, you're not loading up you know, fully rendered <clears throat> 3D surround sound visuals to where you're moving. It's very much a 2D flat surface back and forth fighting game, and that should not take 45 seconds to load. No, I suppose not. Um, I remember I played Xenoverse 2. I, I don't think I played the first one, but I remember playing the second one. Um, which is more of a, a little bit more of an open world sort of game. I think you're talking about a different one to me though. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I remember playing some of Fighter Z, and I don't remember liking it too much. But yeah, I played Xenoverse 2 on the Switch, and it held up pretty well. So um, like performance-wise, it was pretty good, uh, which is important for the Switch and stuff. Um, cool. So you said you you're still playing Division Two as well? Yeah, I'm still slogging my way through the uh, post main story content um it's one of those things that they definitely did a way better job of giving solo players like myself things to actually do once you finish the main story so um this is a little bit spoilerish but not too much when you finish the main story a separate group called black tusks come in okay which is basically a fourth faction so you've got the true sons the uh, outcasts and the third faction that I can't remember off the top of my head. Basically, whenever you do like an area or mission request, it involves one of those three factions, and then you finish the main um, thing, and it's uh, you know another fourth faction pops up, and then every now and then one of the factions will take over an area, so you'll have to re- replay a mission, but it's not replaying it for the sake of replaying it, it's for taking back control of the territory. Um, right. Plus, there's all the the small stuff to do, the little things to do. Um, I still haven't gotten to Gear Score 500 yet, which is kind of the top top before you start doing the raids. 
Um, but a lot of that is materials collecting because you have to. That's a, and this is the one thing that I don't like with Division Two as opposed to Division One. With the first division, when you were doing the crafting, uh, basically you had to either do missions to get the re- the recipes, or you had to find the re- recipes in the wild or whatever. Um, and in Division Two, you you have to do that, but you also have to upgrade your bench. So you spend most of your materials upgrading the bench there's actually no reason to craft anything until you've gotten it to the point to where you can craft the level 500 stuff okay uh just because you're going to need all those materials to do anything to upgrade the bench before you do anything else all right um i was listening to uh sacred symbols this week or today's episode basically um or yeah yesterday's episode uh and colin said that he'd finished um was it Division Two? And he said he he said he liked it as well. He said like the gameplay specifically is like really really great. Um, but uh, yeah, that's about as much as I remember him saying. So it's not going to be a game I particularly go back to. I'd much prefer something more narrative based. Which again, one of the developers or whoever it was said they're looking into that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so that's what you've been playing. Cool. Uh, I've mainly been sticking with uh, Apex Construct. Um, it's difficult for me to say if I'm near the end of the game, just because I simply don't know if I am. Um, there was this se- this section in the game where you're looking for three power cores. Um, so you go into three different areas, you get the power core, which is fairly quickly done if you're, like, good at shooting, which sometimes I am not. Um, and, uh, yeah, you go in, you get those, and then basically you have this, like, mini boss fight sort of thing. Uh, I did that, which, again, was difficult. Um, sometimes the game will be like, here's what you need to do, but not necessarily how to do it, kind of. Or it, it, it will leave certain things out, and it's a little bit odd. Um, like, you'll have it up to find the power core, but you'll have no idea where it is. Uh, and then you'll sort of go through level, just looking in different places and stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically I went and did that, and then I put this... I think I had to get this other bigger power core or something and put that... Um, bring that back to basically the main... Uh, base and stuff and um yeah you basically when you finish a mission finish a mission uh you go to where you level up and then you you know do stuff with your points that you've got like upgrade your bow and arrow and your health or whatever and then essentially what you do next is go on your um like mission thing and like mission board sort of thing and then the uh i think his name's father he'll sort of tell you what needs to be done next and new missions will pop up basically and what happened was i did the this mission where um like i said you get the bigger power core thing um and uh, i went back to the mission board after i did that mission and then there's two new ones that have popped up i haven't actually jumped into those yet uh, and i don't know if they're the last two missions i don't know if there's more after that it's hard to tell how long is left of the game but it feels like i'm getting it feels like i'm sort of in the uh, end game sort of thing um for for the game as well so we'll see how long i've got left uh other than that i've not been playing too much else i was thinking today about um i saw life is strange post a uh thing about their trailers coming soon but uh, they got their next episode in september i still didn't actually play the previous episode or i guess the newest episode so i'm going to go and do that at some point um because the fa- last the episode before that was fairly sort of cliffhangery um, and uh, I need to go back to that as well. But other than that, been playing. Um, I, I guess now and again I should bring up uh, FIFA updates. Me and my dad play FIFA, and uh, FIFA 18 because I'm not buying FIFA 19 yet, uh, and I'm certainly not going to buy FIFA 20 next month um, because it won't be that much different. And they can say they got new features or whatever, but it's fundamentally going to be 
kind of the same. Um, plus, I'm not going to spend £45 on a new game that is similar but different. A- anyway, um, yeah, we've gotten past. Do you remember before I said about we got our corrupted save and I had we had like this really good team we developed, uh, obviously, over a, over a uh, couple of seasons? Um, I think we've gotten a season past that now. Um, and usually what I do, basically, is whenever you go to sign players or sell players, I make a save file before that. Uh, I usually name it like before transfers or after transfers uh, and then there's the main save file that we've got which is the one that I always go to load because um, essentially there's a there's a glitch in, in FIFA which is if you purchase certain players or something like that or if you sell certain players um, you'll like not be able to load the matches which is what happened to us we had to start a new match or a new new career basically. Um, but yeah, we're into our, ne- into our next season and we've got like, just, we've honestly got too many players, uh, which is why I released a few players, because I don't want to have the um, full squad uh, glitch either, because that would be kind of annoying as well. So yeah, that's that's been going really, really good as well. Um, and the next kind of big games, I think are the ones that I mentioned before, which is going to be Man of Maiden, um, or Man of Medan, um, what's it called, Control, and Astral Chain, those are going to be the next three big games. I, I posted a, a tweet out today and I said like um, there's usually like not much coming out in the summer and then like in within two weeks roughly you've got so from September sorry from August 27th till the 10th of September there is those three games I just mentioned there's this other new game that's coming out um, I think it's called Greedfall and then there's uh, Gears 5 that comes out on the same day and then 10 days after that Link's Awakening and Dragon Quest uh, 11 comes out on Switch so that always seems to happen we always seem to get to like August September and a bunch of games keep coming out so um, but yeah that's kind of my plans for the next I guess couple of weeks or whatever in terms of game wise and stuff um, but yeah Control is two weeks away I think on the on the 27th of August so that's the next big game I'll be playing so Alright, that's what we've been playing and everything. Uh, let's move into some housekeeping let you know what else we've been podcasting on for Entertainment Talk. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, I did an update to Patreon yesterday uh, and posted a podcast to basically tell you what I've changed. You can, of course, go to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk and uh, that's where you'll be able to check all of the tiers. There's essentially a new tier. Um, it's for, for the $3 level and what that will get you is um, the ad-free podcast, which are also available at $1.00. And then there's uh, the, yeah the new $3 tier, which will get you the same thing, but it will also allow you to request one film 
or TV show um, review per month. So one of each, but only one per month. So uh, go go and go to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk and uh, check out all of the tiers because I've kept all of the old tiers for the sake of options and stuff. But uh, yeah, go and check that out and check out the podcast if you want more information on that. Uh, did another scripted review. This one was from my friend Pedro, the Switch, and I think it's on Steam, probably. Uh, it's on PC. I don't know if it's Epic Games or Steam or wherever it is, but uh, it's on Switch and uh, PC, so I did a scripted review for that. Uh, YouTube updates. Um, not something I particularly wanted to do, per se, but, um, you know, I felt I started to feel like the that there was too big of an audience that we were potentially missing from YouTube. Um, so I found an easy way and kind of a quick way to basically put you know, the mp3 files that we got for the podcast, add a picture and post that as a video. So um, I've started doing that. And there's, of course, a podcast that uh, discusses that more as well. Uh, the Premier League season came back. Uh, Man United had their first game against Chelsea at home. We won 4-0. Daniel James scored a really great debut goal or debut goal. And uh, I reviewed that. We've got Wolves. I think we're away to Wolves on Monday. Monday's going to be a really cool day. Because we've got uh, Monday night. We're playing away to Wolves. Which is going to be an interesting game. Because they might sound like a bad team. But they've got some very good players. Uh, so we're going to be play, playing against uh, away from away to Wolves. And then on the same night. Gamescon is happening. So that's going to be a very very fun uh, Monday night. Of course we'll probably discuss the happenings of Gamescon. Uh, probably yeah on next week's podcast. Because uh, that will be... Yeah, the next Wednesday for the for the Gaming Talk podcast. So yeah, check out all that stuff as well. As for the United cast, uh, Let's Play Sundays have started. The first episode is for Apex Construct, which is the game I was talking about a minute ago. Um, we did some rankings recently for uh, the MCU films. Me and David did those. And then I went ahead and did a uh, solo rankings for all of the Spider-Man films. So that's for the Tobey Maguire trilogy, the Andrew Garfield double the Spider-Verse film and the um, Tom Holland double so far. We know we've got a Spider-Man 3 on the way probably, but it's not out yet. So I went ahead and ranked all those eight films. Um, Melissa Joan Hart came out with, um, or Netflix came out with Melissa Joan Hart's TV series, um, No Good Nick, for part two. It is the second part of the first season and they're hoping to get a second season renewal. That's on Netflix and I reviewed the second part of the first season of that. Uh, the United Cast episode seven was discussing Transfer Deadline Day and the team lineup potentially. Uh, iZombie, we are going to be doing a series wrap-up after this series wrap-up podcast, but last week we reviewed the series finale, season 5, episode 13, All's Well That Ends Well, so we reviewed that, and on last week's gaming talk we discussed Crash Team Racing getting Nitro, uh, Crash Team Racing Nitro Field getting uh, microtransactions, we discussed Mixer because they signed uh, Ninja, and some other stuff, and that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Go and check it out. Also, I'm on this geek, this week's Geek Town Radio. That's David's uh, podcast for TV and film news, weekly TV and film news. Uh, I was on this week's episode, so go and check that out as well on geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio on iTunes. Uh, let's move into some news. like to talk about today first Robert. uh well first before we get talking into the news i did want to do a quick promotion um okay. you, you the people on the podcast have heard me talk about my friend uh donald a couple of times he's a twitch streamer he does things every now and then 
Well, the group that he's associated with, the Console Gaming League, uh, this Saturday is going to be doing a 24-hour charity stream for Extra Life. Uh, as most people know, Extra Life is a charity that gets games and toys into children's hospital so they can uh, you know, play the games and have something other to do than to contemplate their own mortality at the age of nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be this Saturday, the 17th. It's going to start at 8 a.m., and go until 8 a.m. Sunday morning, so it's a full 24-hour stream. Uh, they have a very lofty goal. They're trying to raise uh, $25,000. Um, I'm going to be donating a big chunk of money at the start of the stream. They're doing uh, raffles every hour, so you only have to donate a dollar to be qualified for the raffle. Um, one of the big prizes they are giving away is going to be a console. Hmm. Um, the full specifics on that, I went with this... Uh, podcast goes live and is on the facebook page i will put a link to the charity and more information on the facebook page so everybody can check it out Um, i will be part of the stream on some level they're still kind of hashing out the details because they kind of want to keep this in the console gaming league family which i technically not a part of although i have helped out from time to time and so at at the minimum they'll probably do like either like a uh you know, a quiplash or some other kind of jackbox party, and I'll probably jump into that. Um, I've offered to stream for a couple hours if they have, like, a dead hour or two to fill. Um, those times will be determined, and I will add that to the uh, Facebook post as well so we can get, you know, more information on that. But if anybody has followed any kind of 24-hour charity stream, they know that the Extra Life organization does great work, and so we're always looking to help out with that, and so I will be helping out both with my time and financially. And check the website more for that, and we'll go from there. Cool. Uh, So you said 8 a.m. Is that Pacific (laughs) or Eastern? Eastern. 8 a.m. Eastern. Okay. To 8 a.m. Eastern Sunday. So that would be 1 p.m. UK, if you're in the UK, obviously. Yeah. Uh, And you've got 24 hours to check that out. So, cool. It's really good that they're uh, doing that as well. So, I, I've thought a couple of times about doing the Extra Life stuff, but I've just never got around to actually mm-hmm. doing anything with it. Um, and the Console Gaming League is very much up and coming. They've, they're they doing tournaments. They're having pro leagues with cash prizes. So, it's definitely something to check out. I mean, obviously, they're not on EVO level, but then again, who the hell is on EVO's level? <laughs> but it is yeah. a good place if you want to get more into the competitive circuit, but you know that just in terms of, like, viewing the... I mean, hell, I'm lost viewing the evil. I'm just like, uh, uh, okay, that happened, and <laughs> processing things that happened, like, 25 seconds ago. But it's a great league. Um, uh, they're looking into some sponsorships. They're getting some stuff from uh, other developers, other producers, from games. Uh, so it's definitely something that, if you're interested in the fighting you know, genre or the console gaming at all, this is a great place to, to check out, maybe get a part of if you know, if you're if they do something that you're interested in. And we'll see where it goes from there. Excellent. Cool. Um all right. What what, uh, what news things did you have to talk about today? Uh, uh, well, the first thing that I have to talk about is more drama from Twitch. As oh the people that listened to last <laughs> week's podcast know, um, Twitch in an act of spite removed uh, Ninja's uh, you know designated partner promotion thing uh, from his Twitch channel, which means that he could no longer get uh, money from people that did like tips from bits or donations or subs or whatever. And I kind of posited the theory that they might possibly have to sue to get that money. Uh, Well, if they weren't going to sue before, they're definitely going to sue now because somebody at Twitch who 
if I had to guess, desperately wanted to be fired, decided to fire up Ninja's old account and start streaming other channels to promote those other channels through Ninja's 14 million followers, which just on its own is a bad idea. Yeah. But it translated into an apocalyptically bad idea because... And I truly hope that this is the case, that they just set up like some weird sort of algorithm to pick channels randomly, that it wasn't done intentionally. Uh, but one of the channels that they were promoting through Ninja's channel was streaming porn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's the kind of thing that, I mean, that's not good on any level because obviously pornography violates terms of service in like the worst way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and I didn't know this until recently, there's, in terms of intellectual property and, like, trademark property, uh, in U.S. laws, there's actually a, a weird subset of law to where if you do something that damages the image of something, uh, that's a different category to sue on. Um, so, like, if you've ever read a book or seen a movie or watched, like, a TV show to where, like, the baking shows and cooking shows are really popular here in the U.S., Mm-hmm. And I know that there's some cooking shows in the UK. Yeah, there's a British Bake Off. Yeah, if you've one. ever wondered why when they grab something, they never call it by its specific name. Like they grab canned ham instead of spam. Or they grab soda or cola instead of like Coke or Pepsi or whatever. Okay. Um, that's because yeah. if they use those trademark brand names and something happens to put that in a negative light, at least in the US... You can sue over damages to the image of that brand, right? Because it's and, involved in the thing, isn't it? So yeah, and I would have to assume that Ninja, on some level, has his image and his uh, intellectual property trademarked on some level. I mean, hell, the silhouette shape of the Coca-Cola bottle is trademarked here in the U.S. That's the level of detail that it will go. Oh, I didn't know that. So hmm. yeah. Yeah, so like the that silhouette is trademarked. Um, obviously, company names are trademarked. Right. Um, Legos, etc. Yeah. Legos, you know, blocks, things like that. That's all trademarked. And so the the fact that they were streaming that on his old Twitch channel was bad. And the fact that it became pornography was even worse. And they could never prove it in a court of law because somebody would actually have to admit to it. But if somebody was actually dumb enough to admit to it that it was intentional to try to damage his brand, whew, you can just add a couple, three more zeros onto that lawsuit that he's eventually going to file. And, and to be fair, in full disclosure, I don't know Ninja. I've never met Ninja. I've never Me had neither, any conversations so. with Ninja. But you got to figure that he's going to sue on some level. Probably, yeah. I would imagine Just so. because. Um, he did release a statement on uh, Twitter talking about he was uh, disgusted with the fact that it was porn. Uh, he was very despondent that they would use his old channel to promote things. Um, and that's just one of those things that it, it's decisions made in haste, in anger, or in spite are never a good thing. And this is a perfect example of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I fully believe that this is Twitch's fault because if they're the ones that have logged in and are, are controlling what's streaming then yeah it's definitely their fault um so i I mean it's like i know this is something very different but it's sort of like i mean it's more no it's not a good example so i won't bring it up i was going to say if when i've uploaded um podcasts before but i've accidentally put in like the wrong file or something but that's just more of like a human error situation this is where you're like you've gone and presumably chosen something to to stream on the channel they know that um ninja is 
probably the biggest name in 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 terms of streaming and stuff and in terms of like the let's play a youtube sort of community and everything um so they knew that you know that did you say 14 million followers they would have probably got some sort of notification and yeah yeah um or at least a good chunk of them some of them might have turned off notifications or whatnot so um because i believe that uh you know you know when you subscribe to someone on youtube you for some reason you have to press subscribe and you have to hit the bell and mm-hmm. I remember on um, when I've subscribed to various different uh, channels on Twitch, like Bold Move and Kind of Funny and those sorts of things, you press the follow button and then it says, hey, you've clicked follow, would you like notifications? Which, yeah, I would, because I've just subscribed to something. Uh, and then you press that as well. So some people might have turned that stuff off, but some some of them might not have. But regardless, there's still a really, really uh, terrible thing for them to have to have kind of done. So... Um, yeah, following yeah. and and notifications are two different things. It's like when you download an app on your phone, um, but it doesn't buzz every time something happens with the app. Obviously, that's a notification. Ninety percent of the notifications for the apps that I have on my phone, I have turned off just because it gets annoying as hell. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you got to figure, even if t- you know, and the fourteen million is something that I read in the article, so I don't know if that's one hundred percent accurate or not. I mean, it but might let's say by now or whatever, but yeah, roughly. But yeah. let's say for argument's sake, that the 14 million is accurate. And then let's say only 10% of the notifications, uh, 10% of the people that are subscribed to his channel have that notification turned on. Mm-hmm. That's still almost 1.5 million people. Yeah, it's a lot of people. And let's say some of them are underage. Let's say, let's be generous and say like 20% are underage. Right. So now you're showing porn to... Uh, you know, almost two hundred fifty thousand underage people, which could get into some le- serious legal trouble. Trouble, right. isn't it? And that is, isn't it weird that like they obviously set their own terms of service and etc., and then they go and show something that they're not allowed to show when I don't know. That's just that's just weird, right? Like, well, they can't really monitor every single channel because there's literally a million channels on Twitch going on at any point yeah. in time, so they're not going to be able to find anything. So it might be that somebody starts a channel with one thing and then switches it to something else that's not part of the terms of service, mm-hmm. they're never going to know until somebody flags it yeah, or shows it. Um, and plus, if it was like a rolling thing, you never know. And this gets into part of what I said earlier with the uh, admitting that, that somebody did that on purpose. Um, Ninja did sign a exclu- exclusivity contract with Mixer. So, and again, this is something that you're never going to be able to prove unless somebody admits it in the court. But if they activated his channel to get a um, breach of contract with Mixer for that exclusivity, that's even more damages because not only are you damaging his brand, you're preventing him from being able to gain employment or gain income uh, from that action. So that gets into, that's just like down the rabbit hole of insanity. Yeah. 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 But that's still insane on any level. Yep. Uh, cool. All right. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, for people that go back to the original Xbox, they remember the game Destroy All Humans. And I think we talked about it like a month or so ago that it was getting a remake. Um, well, they just announced the Destroy All Humans uh, Collector's Editions. And man, do they assume people are rich. This is insane. Uh, so there's two. There's actually two different collector's editions. Uh, the first one is called Destroy All, D- All Destroy All Humans DNA Collector's Edition. Uh, you get a copy of the remastered game, 
the main character in the game is called Crypto. Mm-hmm. You get a Crypto and Cow figurine, which is 23 centimeters or 9 inches tall. A little keychain, uh, six image lithographs, an eye-popping anti-stress toy. So it's basically one of those like foam little squeezy things in shape of like the alien, and we squeeze it, his eyes bug out. <laughs> um, you get a premium box, which is 35 centimeters by 30 centimeters by 30 minutes centimeters, which is 14 inches by 12 by 12, roughly. And then all the in-go- in-game uh, crypto skins. And that is at a bargain price of $150 US, which is 139, 140 euros, uh, 440 pounds. Or if you've got the fat bank account and want to just throw all your money away, there's the Destroy All Humans Crypto 137 edition, which is a copy of the game, a full-size figurine of Crypto 137, which is 60 centimeters or 23 inches high, by 30 centimeters or 20 inches uh, long diagonally approximate, an actual backpack in the shape of the crypto alien, and then the keychain, the lithographs, the anti-stress uh, pop- eye-popping toy, a specialized box, which is uh, 90 centimeters by uh, 38 centimeters, or it's 35 inches by 15 inches, as well as all the in-game crypto skins. And that is at a $400 or 350-pound uh, price tag, which is available for pre-order now if you've got all the money in the world and nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, which some people do, but uh, yeah. Um, I mean... Uh yeah I don't I don't remember the game too much I, I recognize the property and I remember when they um had the reveal trailer I think it was like the day before E3 or something and uh yeah I I recall like knowing what the game is but I never played it and I haven't seen much of the gameplay so my history on the franchise is very very minimal but I know that some people are excited for it so and it's a remaster of an old game which uh you know continues to be a thing which at least from my perspective I think is a thing that should keep uh happening whether whether it's remasters or remakes along the lines of you know uh the insane trilogy and um crash bandicoot the insane trilogy i should say uh the spyro remaster trilogy you've got final fantasy 7 you've got medieval you've got uh this game and a whole bunch of others others as well um yeah i i do think it's a thing that we should uh keep continuing to do just because you know some of those games are old some of them are nostalgic um and not only does it potentially bring in a new audience you know from um younger children that can play those games in 2019 um because it will be honestly a better game for them to play as opposed to the version from these 90s sort of games that have come out uh which will be perhaps like older to look at a little bit more difficult to play um plus for it's kind of a situation where like the parent would be the nostalgic one and then the child would be the one that they're trying to sort of say hey your your dad likes this game let's like play it together or something which i think is a nice thing so um and then obviously you've got things like link's awakening which is which is coming out as well uh so i think that you know in in the in the in the era of you know loot boxes and gambling and microtransactions and gta casinos and all this other stuff i think that uh remakes and remasters are a thing that um we should keep doing so yeah plus Plus, there's the dichotomy in the fact that it's aliens invading the Earth, but instead of playing the humans or Earthlings fighting off the aliens, you're the mm-hmm. alien going after the humans. Just that alone is unique enough to where I'm not obviously not going to buy the any of those collector's editions because no. I don't have that kind of money. But if the game either hits cheap enough or hits like the old school version as a backwards compatible, or if it goes on sale, 
I'll, or even hopefully better, it goes on a uh, part of the Xbox Game Pass. I will definitely kind of check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but do you agree in terms of the remaster stuff that I talked about? Oh, absolutely. I'm a huge yeah. fan of remaster as long as like an original version of the game is part of it, so you can kind of see where it was to where it, they brought it up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those comparison videos are kind of fun as well. Um, IGN us- usually do things like that, so... Um, as long as you, you know, don't release a game, wait a month and stick microtransactions in it, so, uh, which is what we talked about last week, obviously, so as long as you leave that sort of stuff out and you leave the, the, the good nostalgia that people like and, uh, of course introducing the new generation and stuff, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good thing, so, uh, and again, the collector's edition isn't something you have to buy if you just want the normal game. I'm sure you can buy that at a uh, reasonable price as well. The other thing as well with these remasters and remakes that we've seen... I don't are any of them sixty dollars. I don't think any of them really have been, um, at least not to what, what I can sort of recall. I've seen some of them at like thirty dollars or like forty dollars or something. Um, I think Medieval's like twenty five pounds or something. So they've been around that sort of price range. So they're a little bit cheaper as well for for people that want to get invested in those as well. So or or even if like you were sort of a a, a um late teenager, early adult, that sort of thing. Um, if you want to see like what all the craze was about with, with these sort of older games, um, it's a great chance for you to jump on those sorts of ones as well. So, yeah, again, I think it's a good thing, and I think we should uh, continue to do it. So, And there's plenty, plenty of games that could still be remastered and remade. So, um, yeah, let's keep doing it. Yeah, there's still several original Xbox games I'm waiting to come to backwards compatible um, I don't think they will just because they involve like a lot of licenses for like yeah. uh, persons names or music or things like that. But you know, you can still hold out hope. So Yeah, yeah, music's a big problem. I remember um you know, when all this kind of started up again with Crash and with Spyro, I remember people were talking about Crazy Taxi, but that's like filled with music. Um and they'd have to get around all that or replace it or whatever. So um yeah. you never know what might happen. So THQ were continuing to buy things and Microsoft are buying people and Activision-owned stuff, and you never know what might happen. So, um, let's see what happens. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? Well, unfortunately, with uh, fame and notoriety comes a level of infamy that most people, unfortunately, have to deal with. Uh, in this case, it is uh, Kyle Buga Gerstoff, who is the 16-year-old member of the Sentinels esports team. Uh, he won the Fortnite uh, World Cup Souls Championship a week ago. Unfortunately, he was a victim of a swatting attack just the other day. Uh, for those people that don't know, and for people outside of the U.S., SWAT is actually an acronym. It stands for Specialized Weapons and Tactics. It's basically a, a division of the police department, and not all the police departments have them. It's only like some the police departments that can afford to have them. Uh, they get called in when shit gets real for like hostage situations, uh, terrorist attacks, things like that. Basically, when you need the really, really big guns, the SWAT team gets called in. Um, uh, there's a movie with Sam Jackson and uh, Carl Urban a few years ago about it, and there's a TV show in the 70s about it. And the term swatting is when somebody calls in a fake uh, criminal report. Usually, and this is from what I've read with the articles, this has been going off and on for a while now, unfortunately. Uh, they call in a fake re- police report. Generally, it's like, I'm in this house at this location and I'm being held hostage. I've gotten away and so on and so forth. And then the police roll up 
thinking, because that's what they've been told, that there is a uh, hostage situation going on or something, and they intend harm on different levels to whoever's in the house. And so this happened to Kyle. Um, his dad answered the door, because obviously the police have to knock, say, you know, police, whatever. Mm-hmm. Dad, dad opens the door, and there's like a dozen cops there, you know, pointing his gun at him, and he's like, you know, what the hell? Uh, so they go through the house, clear the house, see that it was a false report, and go on there. And he was streaming at the time, which has happened to a few streamers to oh. where police have been called into it. It's not that uncommon. I first heard about it about six years ago when it started happening to reporters here in the States. Um, and these are general reporters that were reporting about information against political opponents and the people that were either associated with the political opponents or fans of political opponents were upset that information not friendly to those political people were getting out. And so, of course, the calm, measured response is to send the police after them in an attempt to and cause them bodily harm. And this is actually quite common. Uh, back in 2017, a dispute over a Call of Duty game uh, resulted in a swatting incident in which a 28-year-old man was shot and killed by police, which is part of the intent. Uh, and the man who made the false claim was later sentenced to 20 years in prison. Obviously, that doesn't undo the act, um, which you can't really do. But mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that it makes... It's insane that this is a world that we live in now that you know you can call the cops in to try to harm and or kill somebody just because either you disagree with their political beliefs or you think, oh, this will be funny. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not great, but um, yeah, I mean, this continues to be kind of a a, a thing in I mean in in the world and stuff. You know, we had the um, I'm. In terms of like the the mass shootings and stuff that happens, and whenever some of them are more related to video game stuff, I never know like okay, should we bring it up on the podcast? What should we say, etc. Um, but I know that there was one I think like a week week or so ago, roughly within the last week or so. Um, but honestly, there seems to be so many of them these days that it's kind of hard sometimes to keep track of them. But um, yeah, it's uh, I, I've never heard of this particular thing like where you'll call. The to use the American term cops, obviously we call them police over here on somebody just because of political beliefs and whatnot. It's just kind of stupid. So yeah, it kind of started as political beliefs, and then it kind of morphed and got down to the video game realm. There's been several incidents of people either that happening to them or them faking it to try to be funny. Which of all the things to be funny about, that's not really one of them. Nope. Nope. Um. Yeah, I don't know too much else what to really say about this it's kind of a crazy thing that's happening in the world but um yeah and if you want to go down the rabbit hole just you know fire up the internet search engine and you'll mm-hmm. find dozens of stories about that so i'm sure you will so um yeah just hope everybody stays safe again i don't know what to say in these sorts of situations but um just be careful be safe um i mean just this is an interesting story for me to kind of i guess connect it to uh, I was walking the dog on Monday. I think it was on Monday. It might have been on Sunday. I lose track of when I do things or whatever. Uh, it was either on Sunday or on Monday. Not that that really makes a difference. And um, so I take the dog up on the field. And um, I see... Uh, it's basically this, like... Not football field, but like the same shape as a football field kind of thing. It's like it's long instead of wide. Like, it's kind of wide, but it's more long than, than wide, if that makes sense. 
Um, and uh, usually I come through this particular like not alleyway. I wouldn't really call it an alleyway. It's more like the it's like an official entrance thing to um, the field itself. Went through there, and uh, you know walk, I walk the dog, do what I'm doing for 30 minutes, listen to podcasts or music, whatever, just the the usual kind of thing. And then I had about 10 minutes left of it, and um, I see these because uh, there's these like when when you walk in on the left, there's a set of bushes or whatever, or this like the further part of the woods i don't go down there i go i turn to the right and that's where the the more open part of the field is um and then i sort of obviously i look around me as you know as i'm um uh throwing the ball with the dog or whatever and um i sort of saw these two again we call them policemen over here they're called cops in the u.s and i'm sure they're called different things in different places and uh i i sort of didn't think much of it you know every now and then you'll see policemen and they're they're not always on a job they're sometimes just like patrolling and they'll just say hi hope you're having a nice day or whatever just the usual kind of thing which it it's kind of nice to see when you do in the uk see policemen patrolling because you rarely see it and it's sort of nice when you do see them patrolling because it means okay they're actually you you can see them out doing something um so uh anyway um came away from the field and that and then there's this obviously once you come out the field there's this um the roads there and then and everything like that and i saw this police car and i thought okay that's probably the police car that um they arrived in they probably came out of that and then went into the wood uh, went into the field or whatever and uh there was you know just this this young guy there and he he's kind of looking he's like looking around as if, as if something is going on kind of thing and i just kind of casually asked him like oh what's what's happening and i can't remember the guy's name that he said um and but he said like oh this person's around and around and has a weapon and he didn't specify like is it a knife a gun a baseball bat a crowbar whatever it is he just said a weapon and i didn't like waste time asking um i was like oh and then that's where you know that's where alarm bells start to go off a little bit you see you've seen the the policeman then you've seen the car then you've asked this this um this young boy or this boy like what's kind of going on and then it was just this weird kind of couple of minutes where um you know, I asked him and he said, oh, someone's around and they've got a weapon. And I was like, okay, that's not something I can particularly ignore, you know, when someone says something like that to you. And then I sort of was, I wasn't like running necessarily, but I was in a bit more of a rush, went went, went back home. And uh, as I'm going down the road, you know, because there's this kind of long road between the field and where I live and the neighbor's uh, house, because it's, it's the neighbor's dog that I walk. And uh, I see these like guys on um, bikes, which isn't an unusual thing. And they're like looking around, they're kind of looking sort of frantically, and then there's this other guy who's um, about to go into his flat, you put, you probably call them apartments or something, and he's saying to these two guys, like, get in, get in quickly, and I was like, okay, something's kind of happening here, like, this this is, like, different than usual. So that was kind of uh, a little, lot. I wasn't, like, particularly scared, but it was sort of, like, you know, alarming, when the these series of events just kind of happen, and then you think that... Uh, something is maybe happening but nothing happened i didn't see anybody in the end but um yeah just thought i'd give an example of uh a, a similar type of thing i guess um and that was that um but yeah haven't seen anything haven't heard anything since and that was like a couple of days ago so um but i think we should move on from talking about this. yep uh what do you want to talk about next? <clears throat> yeah we definitely should move on and we got a little better news to end on at least my segment with Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, next week is Gamescom in Germany. Yep, uh, Microsoft is planning a big uh, presence at Gamescom. Uh, they're launching with a special episode of Inside Xbox, uh, 5 p.m. CEST. 
um, which is going to be 11 a.m. my time, which would make it at 4 p.m. your time. Yeah. Uh, they promise big announcements, um, but the biggest announcement that they're going to announce is the specifics on the XO19 event. Uh, they did announce that last week. They're saying it's going to be in November of this year, and it's going to be at London. Uh, so details as in the specific dates and times and ticket prices for the XO19 event are going to be part of Gamescom next week. Uh, obviously, uh, Gears 5 is less than a month away, so we'll probably get a lot more on that. Uh, there's uh, Wasteland 3, which is coming up. We'll probably get some more on that. Uh, Metro Exodus is getting an update. We'll get, probably get some on that. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blair Witch, which was announced at E3. We'll probably get a little bit on that. I'm excited uh, to see but, that as well because um, mm-hmm. of everything I talked about at length uh, last week because I've been watching some more found footage um, films. And again, I would recommend uh, Creep, which is on... I don't know if it's on Netflix in the US, but it's on Netflix in the UK. Uh, Creep 1 and 2. They're currently filming or working on creep three so uh go and check that one out mm-hmm. and uh obviously with uh, you living close ish to london well closer than i live um hopefully the times will be congruent to where you might be able to actually pop over and see what all the hubbub's about we shall see um it, it depends where exactly it is mm-hmm. uh, i mean london I is kind of a big town obviously so mm-hmm. saying that is kind of a generalization that's like saying new york or los angeles <laughs> or chicago yeah, you know you got to be a little more specific than that, uh, but like I said, London's a nine-hour flight for me, and it's probably a lot less of a drive for that for you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because when I was going to um, Walkerstalker, it took me like I'd say an hour and fifteen, twenty, roughly minutes to get there, um, and the, all the all the three trains that I got were very very quick. Um, I don't know if this thing is at XL. I'll have to look up. Where specifically it is. Um, don't know if I will necessarily be able to go. But I am also looking at. Um, I mentioned it on this week's Geek Town. Uh, EGX 2019. And uh, MCM Comic Con uh, 2019. Both again at XL. And by the way if you're in the UK. And you want to go to some events. Go to, uh, go to uh, XL's uh, website. They've got a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, over there. Just like a completely wide range of uh, different events. So uh, go and check out XL's website. Um. Yeah, cause, and they're about a week apart, EGX and uh, MCM. So if I do go to one, it will probably only be one of them. Uh, and then Walkerstalkers in February. But um, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm very excited for GamesCon next week. I'm excited to see like, at, at, like how long it will be and stuff. And who gets how much time and what PlayStation will show. And um, we, talk- we talked about some of that last week because we uh, I read out the list of companies that are going to be there. Which is quite a wide uh, range, but it doesn't include Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, are you excited for GamesCon next week? I'm definitely curious to see what they're going to announce because supposedly they're going to announce a lot of detail on uh, Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even though I'm mostly uh, an Xbox slash PC player, um, I still want to know what the hell that game's about. <laughs> and hopefully, we'll get a little bit more of an answer on that. I doubt they'll show us like a ton, a ton. But seeing as how the game is going to come out basically this year. You know, we should get a little bit more information on it. Uh, but, you know, Gamescom is obviously huge um, in terms of a conference. It's right up there with the E3. So mm-hmm. Microsoft is, says they're going to have a huge presence. So we'll just get to see what that is. So, Yeah, I mean, there's been questions raised that, like, 
it's shown it's only gonna show off last of us and ghost of tashima ghost of tashima and stuff like that i kind of doubt it it still just feels a little bit too early for those um i'll still go with kind of the prediction that spring um 2020 will be last of us and then either like summer or fall or autumn whatever you want to call it um we'll probably have ghost of tashima tushima um and then the ps5 will come out some point after that maybe um but again we don't know any of that um those those are the three things with sony that we don't know specific dates about because obviously death stranding has got a uh is it november 8th i think release date Pretty sure that's i the, think yeah that's the date that they've got um yeah and it's still it was interesting with um because colin uh moriarty of course from colin's last stand uh he's been saying throughout most of this year that like death stranding ain't coming out this year that was before um the date was announced because he just didn't quite sort of believe it and then they, even on uh um on the uh, secret symbols podcast he's like um yeah i still don't believe that uh death stranding's out on uh november 8th he's like apparently it's coming out so um yeah i mean it's just such a short turnaround from the is. actual creation yeah. of the studio to uh mm-hmm. you know when it's actually going to be there so yeah. yeah that was one of the things that he uh pointed out is like it's just been such a short amount of time because he had to kind of Paul Kojima Productions together, get in contact with Sony, make a new IP, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, obviously, Paul in Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen, Guillermo del Toro, and a whole bunch of other. Uh, Nolan North, I think, is it's even Nolan or Troy. One of those two is, I think it's Troy Baker, is in uh, Death Stranding. Paul, Paul it's always one together. of those two. And, uh, yeah, make a story, write it, shoot it, all that sort of stuff, so... Yeah, it's a whole bunch of stuff. Plus, don't forget, obviously, Norman Reedus is doing, uh, obviously, Walking Dead. He's doing Ride with Norman Reedus, so he's doing other stuff as well. So, yeah, it's crazy the kind of turnaround that they had um, with that. Um, Whether or not it'll it'll get delayed, we'll have to wait and see, just because, you know, the game hasn't gone gold yet. It's still a little bit early uh, for the game to go gold. If it will, it will probably do that at some point towards the end of October, I want to say, because usually it's about three weeks before a game comes out or two weeks before a game comes out it'll uh go gold so um we'll see but yeah like i said monday night's going to be particularly fun uh presuming we beat wolves because if we don't beat them when we lose that will uh make the night less exciting um mm-hmm. but uh considering how well we played against chelsea it should be good monday night with Man united wolves and then uh gamescom so we'll see what happens um was that last thing you said that you had yeah it's the last one i had cool uh so i got two things and then we've got a fun segment i'm going to do which um kind of funny games did it this week but i wanted to use the same questions it wasn't questions that they came up with tim found this link for um 50 uh video game questions they're kind of short and we can answer them fairly quickly but uh before we get to that uh concrete genie which is of course the other playstation exclusive by the way there's all this like nonsense about uh, i'll say nonsense in terms of just complaint noise i guess we could sort of call it of death stranding's apparently going to be on pc and like oh let's go crazy because death Stranding's not a ps4 exclusive or whatever i I don't know um but yeah in terms of exclusives for ps4 and stuff um concrete genie is going to be coming out october 8th for playstation 4 this was announced a couple of weeks ago but we were just too busy on the show to uh get to it um yeah are you excited from what you've seen from the game so far concrete genie this is the one with the little uh kid and he's kind of you can do all this drawing stuff and there's bullies in there and it's uh i don't know quite how else to describe it so yeah i mean it definitely looks interesting and mm-hmm. i'm always a fan of unique ips um i don't know if i'll play it or not it's one of those things i'll have to check out out a little bit more once it goes gold and you know the final game comes out and just sees where it is from there yeah. uh but it's definitely on my radar so cool yeah it's on my uh boomerangs list so 
I'll be um, playing that later in the year. But yeah, I'm excited for that. October 8th, look out for that as well. Which is, yeah, a month before Death Stranding comes out. And don't forget, Medieval comes out on the 25th of October. So an interesting couple of months for Sony. Uh, speaking of Sony and PlayStation 4, which was quite a, of a good uh, unintended segue. The, play- the PlayStation 4 has officially passed 100 million console sales. Um, Robert, what do you think of Sony's uh, continued success with the PlayStation 4? I'm not overly surprised. I mean, they mm-hmm. got out to such a huge start when they launched the console. And they've not really done anything wrong in terms of marketing or anything else. So it's definitely a good thing for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of obviously, I think if you were going to point out, you know, what's been the PS4's, uh, what has been the PS4's uh, biggest strength, obviously, exclusives is probably the big uh, driving force. Because to be honest, for a console that's not got or has got very, very limited backwards compatibility, because you've got the PS2, some PS2 classic games on there, like uh, the Jack and Dexter collection, and the, to be honest, pretty terrible PlayStation Now, which does have PS2, three, and some PS4 games. Um, which doesn't run very well, at least from my experience and stuff like that. Uh, for a console that struggles with that, had they haven't really got on board with like cross-play with certain stuff, like the, obviously the whole um, cover off with Fortnite and stuff. Considering that they've had those problems, but the console still continued to produce, you know, I'm not going to necessarily list them all here, but all of the just um, amazing range of exclusives from from launch day to what they've had now, and obviously, like I said, Concrete Genie. Um, Medieval and Death Stranding come out, and then you've got Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima coming out, and probably a lot of sequels from uh, recent um, new IP like God of War, Spider-Man, Horizon, etc. Um, yeah, that's been kind of the driving force of the console. So, and again, it, it got to, I remember when they announced it got to like 96 million sales, and everyone was like, okay, it's going to pass 100 at some point. So, yeah, cool to see it officially do that, I suppose. Yeah, and plus they've not really done themselves any fail, uh, any favors. I mean, they're still kind of living down the failure of their, uh, you know, PS3 hack. Mm-hmm. The store's never been reliable on any level. It'll constantly drop down, yeah. drop connection either on wireless or Wi-Fi. Um, but they're still managed to crank out the sales, which is always a good thing. Yeah, to be honest, the PlayStation Store, it's not really that great. Really isn't. There's been a couple of times where I've looked through like digital sales of games and PSVR games to to see if there's anything I can pick up. Those trailers just don't really play. You know when you you click on a game and it says here's like some videos and some screenshots. The trailers they just don't play. And you'll often like you'll go to cause I think, isn't it on the far left? They got the PlayStation Store. You'll go to that and then it will take a bit to load. And uh, in terms of the Xbox, that's one thing it's really really doing well is the the store loads in reasonable mm-hmm. fashion. So. Yeah, there's a few things they got to sort out, but um, yeah, congratulations. And then, yeah, onto that, like you mentioned, the PS Now, which nobody really ever uses. I've never seen any kind of advertisement for it. Yeah. Uh, You got the fact that even changing your PSN name could cause some games to crash Mm -hmm. and break. Um, So that's that's definitely weird, so. Yeah, and like the, you know, uh, Bloodborne, which is a game I'll probably never get into and finish. Like, to be honest, if I ever... (laughs) If I ever jump back, I'll never finish that game. So, um, But it's a beloved exclusive. Lots and lots of people love it. And that was one of the games that was pointed out. So yeah, even with these problems, they've still managed to bring out a slew of just incredible exclusives. And they've uh, got past 100 million sales. So um, yeah, congratulations. Um, Alright, let's get to some um, 50 questions. We'll see how many of these we can kind of get through. But some of them are uh, relatively quick to be able to answer. 
and we should dive straight in. Um, number one, what's your favourite? By the way, there's a link in the show notes to where I got this from. Um, and it's also on the Kind of Funny Games cast for this week. So uh, you can check it out as well, obviously. Number one, what's your favourite game of all time? Uh, mine's probably got to be Crash Bandicoot 3. Because if I said Crash Bandicoot, there's like, what, 7, 8, 9, 10 games? Uh, including all the bad ones. But uh, Crash Bandicoot 3 is the one that uh, stands out to me. So um, how about you? What's your favourite game of all time? One that comes to uh, mind? I mean, if I had to pick a single game, it would have to be the original Le- Legend of Zelda. Okay. Uh, just because that was your f- that was the first really well-implemented uh, open-world RPG. I mean, technically, you had to go to the dungeons in a specific order, but you could always just wander around and do stuff. I mean, there was no leveling up. There was no anything like that, but... You could you had pretty much free reign to do anything you wanted until it came time to actually do a dungeon, um, but obviously that was in the early 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 stages of uh, RPGs in terms of being an open world, and so that really kind of set the bar and set the tone. And there's a reason why you know 30 plus years they're still remaking that IP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, I think that's on the um, the Nintendo Switch Online subscription thing that you can do because i'm pretty sure i jumped into the first legends of zelda they might have added another one since i don't know so mm-hmm. uh yeah favorite game of all time um number two what's a game you thought you'd like but actually hated um i've either got to go with virginia or um trials of the blood dragon i think i'll go with trials of the blood dragon um because specifically with virginia it wasn't like mechanically bad it was just st- story-wise it made absolutely no sense but trials of the uh, Blood Dragon was one. I was like, hey, a new Trials game. I really like these. And uh, it just turned out to be a big disappointment. So, how about you? Uh, probably Life is Strange, which I know sounds odd. It's okay. just that the whole point of the game is the time travel mechanics. And I could never really figure out when and why to use it. It was always seemed at least random to me. I made, I made it through the first uh, story, the first chapter. Mm-hmm. But after that, I just kind of was just like, eh, don't really know why I'm playing this. And then I just kind of stopped playing. So, Okay. Uh, number three, what's a really popular game everyone seems to love but you don't like? Um, I don't know if it's considered loved, but every time I've heard someone talk about the games, they've said that they love them. Mine would be Bioshock. Um, which I don't know if it's got like this wide, wide range of love, but in terms of every time I hear somebody talk about those games... Colin Moriarty is one of those um, and they've all, all those people said that they love the game but I just never could get into them so how about you oh that's an easy one uh, Witcher 3 and I know you love the game and I've tried mm-hmm. it a couple of times it's just never really stuck as a game that I need to play so okay uh, what's the next one um, what's a game you didn't expect to joy but ended up liking I didn't expect to joy but ended up liking um I can't think of an example. I don't think. Um, I guess maybe Mario Odyssey. In a way, it it, it was I, I don't know it, it it had got this ridiculous praise towards it, which I still think is like a lot of praise. But there were certain, I guess, in terms of the Metro Kingdom, which is like one of the best levels I've played in a game. I really liked that part of it, but um, I don't know. That's kind of the the closest answer I can. Uh, I can give. So, how about you? I don't really know that there's a game that I can actually give just because um, 
Mm-hmm. If it doesn't play. look, yeah, I mean, it's just that if I look at a game and I don't see any reason to play it, I just don't play it. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. I mean, especially when you become an adult adult and have like jobs that take up 40 hours a week or more of your time and you, you know, your time is pretty limited. If something's a, if you look at something either through a preview or through a let's play or something, and you just look like, I don't know that I'll enjoy that. I just got better things to do with my time and I don't play it. Yeah. Makes, makes sense. So, uh, what's the next one? What game have you spent the most hours on? Mine's got to be FIFA. Uh, just because of all, all the seasons I've played, all of the and FIFA, in terms of you know, because this goes from FIFA two thousand and three, four, I think is the first one I played, roughly, um, to FIFA eighteen. That's a lot of. Uh, I mean, I know it's kind of cheating because that's multiple different FIFAs, but um, FIFA is definitely the answer. So, especially like when I consider when I was at high school and stuff, when we used to do competitive matches and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, that's probably the most amount of hours I spent in, I guess, in a game series. So, but again, it's not like there's new characters or whatever. It's still the same sports game essentially. So, how about you? What's the game you spent the most hours on? It would definitely be a toss-up between Fallout series and uh, State of Decay. Mm-hmm. Um, just because Fallout Three, I played a ton of that. Fallout New Vegas, I played a, a good fair of the amount of that. Well, Fallout 4, I almost 100% of that. I just couldn't get into that last batch of DLC. And then I still, I every now and then, go a little bit into uh, Fallout 76. Mm-hmm. And then State of Decay, it's just so easy to lose myself in that world and just be like, okay, I need to do this one thing. And then that one thing turns into nine things. And the next thing I know, it's like four hours into it. Um, that would be a real interesting question to look up my hours played on the Xbox app between those two games, but it would, it would have to be one of those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of a strange one. If you had to marry the last video game character you played, who would it be? Mine would be, well, FIFA was the last game I did play. Um, and I guess it would be the, lo- the last player I scored as, I guess, which would be, uh, who did I score as today? Um, I can't remember. I think it was actually one of our reserve players or something. So I think his name was like Sam Buman or something. Because you can have a you can have a youth academy and they're all like made up players. Um, so yeah, because you can't really pick the whole team. So uh, the mm-hmm. last but last player I guess that we we used or that I controlled I think was one of those players. So um, yeah, it's kind of a strange answer. How about you? Uh, well, the last game that I played technically was Division 2, so it would have to be one of those characters in that. But to be honest, um, the story part of it, I do pay attention to but more in terms of what your role is in the story versus the characters that you're talking to. Uh, but there's several prominent characters in that story, and you know, one of them I'm sure I'd be interested enough to marry, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, if you had to live in the last... Uh, video game world you played what world would it be and mine would be at Old Trafford I suppose <laughs> which uh, not not a bad place to live so um, yeah that would be pretty great actually so how about you oh, well like I said before the last game I played was Division 2 so it would be kind of weird living in that world because right. on the one hand much more dangerous uh, because of the well it's much more dangerous on the one hand but on the other hand it's with a massive world depopulation you know people would leave me the hell alone and that's <laughs> kind of a goal i have in my life is for just the people that leave me the hell alone right 
Yeah. Uh, but the you know the downside is is that it is apocalypse. So the one thing is you don't get you don't get really great internet access. You don't get great uh, new games releases. Uh, food's a lot harder to come by. Um, so it just kind of depends. Mm. I wouldn't want to live in it, but it, there's worse worlds to live in. Yeah, maybe the Old Trafford would be pretty great actually. There's like a ton of history there. Is like I could yeah that would be great. So, um, what do you think in terms of living in a football stadium? I guess. Uh, it, honestly, that would depend on the fans because some of them They're are the cool <laughs> and some of them are just complete assholes. Right. Like not, yeah. not for, um, you know, for, you know, British football, but like for baseball, uh, the New York Yankees, they kind of have a greeting that they do with some people to where they'll throw batteries at players, Okay. like little double a nine volt batteries. They'll chuck them at players and that's kind of a greeting. I don't. I wouldn't want to live there. I gotta be honest with you. Okay, I think Old Trafford would be would be fine in terms of that. Well, I don't know that because I don't go there, or whatever. But yeah, that would, might be all right. Um, have you ever had a crush on a video game character? Uh, not that I can recall. I don't think so. Um, how about you? Uh, nothing off the top of my head. I mean, if I had to pick a pick a character, probably one of the female fighters from the Soul Calibur series. Okay. Um, but that's just kind of a stretch. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, with my age, the the age of you know me being forty five, uh, the video game characters didn't really look realistic enough to have that level of crush until I was well point past the point of being you know a teenage crush. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the first game you ever remember playing? Mine, I think, is Crash Bandicoot. Um, I can't remember which one. It might have been. It might have been Team Crash Team Racing, or it might have been. Um, in fact, it was probably Crash Team Racing, or not Nitro Field, the original Crash Team Racing, um, or probably a football game. But I'm going to go with Crash Team Racing, maybe. Again, that's... how about you? Do you remember what you first played? Uh, the the very first specific game, no. But I like I've mentioned, like literally with the last question, I'm 45, so it'd be somewhere in either Pong or something in the Atari 2600 series. So I can knock off of Pac Man or knock off of uh, um, Mario Brothers or Asteroids or something like that. Just like way, way, way old, like pre 8 bit graphics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody's answer to this would be yes, because uh, have you ever pretended to be sick to get out of something you could, uh, to, to, to play a game, basically? Have you ever pretended to be sick to get out of something so you could play a game? E- everyone's done that. Everyone's done that. Uh, I'm not 100% sure that I have, just really? because, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, that wasn't really a thing. I mean, there was, you know, games, but they weren't so prolific that, you know, it became an event to play the game. Okay. On the first day, I mean, hell, up until, you know, I was in my mid-20s, you know, that wasn't really even a thing. I mean, games came out, but they weren't like a big deal. They weren't like announcements and anticipated release schedules and things like that. Um, getting older, I might have probably called in sick to work to play a game. Um, but that's something that where, you know, by that time I was older, I didn't have to pretend to be sick. I just called into work and said I was sick. <laughs> I didn't have to, like, fake a stomach flu to my parents or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember successfully doing it, but I do remember trying in some way to do it. So, um, again, lots of, lots of um, kids or teenagers have, have done that. So, um, what we'll do here is, because uh, we're going a little bit longer, um, we'll cut this off at question 20 and then we'll, we'll uh, come back 
from there next week. But we're on question 11, so we'll go from 11 to 20, and then we'll go from, I guess, 21 to, to 50, roughly, next week. Because we still got uh, iZombie to record, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, what game did you last complete? Mine was probably Crash Team Racing Nitro Field. Uh, I did the adventure mode, and that's technically how you complete the game. I know there's Grand Prix and stuff, which, again, I've actually finished some of those, but... Yeah, that was probably the last game I actually, like, finished, finished. So, or, like, finished the main part of the story. How about you? Uh. Like, not including side stuff, I suppose, like the main story. That would have to be uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, I did complete the main story. I didn't get into the DLC. I do need to do that at some point. It's pretty good. Um, Division 2 obviously doesn't really have an end in, so I can't really count that. Uh, and I'm still kind of plowed my way through uh, Final Fantasy XI and God of War uh, remake, so I can't count that. Um, so yeah, it'd probably be Horizon Zero Dawn. Cool. Uh, what games are you playing right now? Well, we discussed that right at the top of the show, so I don't think we need to repeat that. Uh, what game do you want to play next? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna take this question at a different angle in terms of not what are we going to play next, but what do we want to play next? And what I want to play next is Last of Us Two because that's my single most anticipated game. Um, so what game do you, I guess, are you most looking forward to playing next? Probably Cyberpunk? Uh, Cyberpunk is definitely up up there, but the one that's going to be out the soonest is The Outer Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just, I mean, that's from creators and producers that have worked on games that I've loved. Uh, it's definitely got a vibe that I'm, that I'm gelling on, so we'll just go from there. And Bust will be out in a couple of months, so... Um, Cyberpunk 2077, I gotta wait till friggin' April next year, so that's way too far away. You gotta wait till I'm almost 26, so... (laughs) Oh Uh, no, 26, I'm still gonna be 20 years older than you. (laughs) Well, that is coming soon, so, yeah. Uh, I I can see it in the distance, so I know know some people will say, hey, it's five and a half years away, but, or four and a half years away, but, uh, I can see it in the distance, so... Anyway, um, yeah, in terms of the game that I'm next looking forward to playing would be Control, which is out in two weeks. So there's my answer to that version. Uh, in your opinion, what is the best cons- games console? I'm going to say the PlayStation 1, just because of all those 90s games. Uh, and again, that's a console that appeals a bit more to me. Um, but yeah, just there's so many classic games on there, um, so many franchises that were... Um, I guess birthed if you want to say, if you want to call it that, um, like Grand Theft Auto, um, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, um, and just a ton of others as well. Medieval's on there, um, and just a bunch of others as well. So, and that that was like I don't know, I felt like the first like big console to me. So, um, what do you th- what do you think is the best games console? Uh, I mean, best is so subjective, but going along mm-hmm. the same vein that you did, I would have to say the original NES. Uh, just because after the Intellivision and the 2600 uh, launched, and then we had the big game crash of 1983, to where the entire market just completely fell out, um, that really brought back the home console gaming franchise. Um, and not to undersell it, I mean that did fall out. I mean there was the the, the legendary ET, you know, the one of the first early uh, movie based uh, video game. Uh, productions out there that was so bad um and they thought that everybody was gonna buy it and nobody did they actually made more games for that console than the actual consoles sold at the time right 
Um, and that became the subject of an urban legend, which turned out to be proven true that they were all buried in a desert somewhere. Uh, they actually did a documentary on it and had Major Nelson out there in a hard hat where they were digging up like this landfill. And they started finding these old, all these old Atari 2600 games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the original NES um, just had so many iconic characters from it. I mean, you had Mario, Luigi, uh, Link. Uh, all those games on that, and that basically revitalized this entire, you know, industry that we're all addicted to now, and all play and podcast on, and that all comes from that rebirth of the the, the NES. Hmm. I'll also add that PlayStation One's got the best console startup, so which we don't see of nowadays, and I'd very much like console startups to come back. Um, but yeah, that's easily the the best of those as well. So at least in my opinion. Uh, RPC gamers, so this is question 15 of 20, which we will finish on. Uh, RPC gamers really superior to console gamers. They're not, but they have superior, um, machines to play on, I suppose. So, um, what do you think? Yeah, they have superior tech, but, uh, going back to the start of our podcast, when I mentioned my friend Donald, he was actually at South by Southwest and competed on the PC uh, for Overwatch and won that division. Then they competed on uh, a PC for Hearthstone and won that as well. So he's actually a two-time South by Southwest champion, mm-hmm. and he mainly games on consoles. So, cool. Uh, question sixteen: uh, What's your opinion on Fortnite? Um, obviously, Fortnite has birthed you know all of the different battle royale games that we've got at the moment. Um, and what was PUBG b- before? Yeah, PUBG Fortnite, was a few PUBG months before, before yeah. Fortnite. But uh, yeah, Fortnite kind of really, I don't know, blew up at a certain point, didn't it? Didn't it? And everybody was kind of playing on it, and now it's on Switch and everything, basically, even on mobiles, even if it's not great to play on mobiles or smartphones, however you want to call them. Um, and arguably, Fortnite is kind of what put, I mean, I don't know this for definite, it's kind of what put Ninja on the map um, as well. But my opinion on it, I mean, it's a it's an industry changing kind of game um but it's not something i play that regularly so what do you think of fortnite overall uh no denying its importance but mm-hmm. like you said it's not a game that i tend to play but i'm never one to uh, dunk on somebody's love of a game so if you play it and you love it hey you've got something you play and you love yeah. um other than that you know i don't play it but then again we've got choices in the world so yeah um uh, have you ever watched a Twitch stream? Yes, I have. I've watched quite a few of them. Um, the main two that I watch, uh, I, I usually use Kind of Funny for when there's, you know, E3, Gamescom, those sorts of live streamed uh, events. And when they eventually return in some way, shape or form, uh, Bold Move uh, with Aaron and Cecily who do uh, just some really fun, just casual Mario Kart stuff, uh, Mario World 3D, and they also did um, Super Mario Brothers Deluxe U or whatever the the that that game, but it was the um, Wii U version. Um, they streamed those three games. They they've stopped at the moment, I think, because they finished Super Mario Super Mario Galaxy or Super Mario World, one of those ones. Um, they finished it, and I think they're just taking a break at the moment. But um, those um, two are, are quite fun to watch. How about you? How much Twitch stuff have you kind of watched? Um, I'll usually watch it every now and then. Usually I'll have it on like my mobile device uh, while I'm doing something else to where I can listen to the audio more of the Twitch stream and, mm-hmm. and concentrate on the visuals of what's um, whatever game I'm playing. 
Uh, the two main channels I watch, obviously my friend Donald, who streams under Skate Action DJ, and then his group, Console Gaming League, which is CGL1 on Twitch. Uh, the other channel is a local pro athlete um, who retired and became kind of a social media funny man. Uh, his name is Pat McAfee. Uh, he played for the local American football team called the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he was the punter, which I know in the UK slang punter is kind of a slang term for a gambler. Um, punter would be kind of like the function of a goalie to send the ball all the way to the other side of the pitch. Only this is more of like a specific role. But he's an absolute riot online. He's just one of those people that's just like naturally a goofball, but naturally you can sit and watch and enjoy him. He retired from American football to do stand-up comedy and start doing stuff on social media. And now he's got like all kinds of contracts. Like he does a couple of podcasts. Uh, he's a content creator for World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, he has a contract now with the uh, College American Football League to do commentary on some of the college games. And he's just an absolute riot. And one of the people that works for him, uh, Jose Zito, uh, will do a lot of Fortnite or Apex Legends of streaming, but it's basically just you know people having fun goofing around. Mm-hmm. And he streams under Pat McAfee's brand, and so I'll watch him from now and then. Um, and he's an absolute riot as well. He's a Chicago guy, so he's got a big, thick Chicago accent. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, it's just one of those things that if you follow the podcast, um, it's just, it's so nutty that you wouldn't believe that it's true, that it's just all characters, but it's just people having fun, mm-hmm. which is always a good thing. I think the term for the, uh, sports position you, you, you mentioned over here, it would be called goalkeeper. That's for, um, well, you guys call it soccer, but we call it football. So yeah, goalie, but it, it's not really that function. Okay. Um, the only really thing that's similar is that they'll take the ball and just, kick it like as far as humanly possible um and that's really kind of the only same function the punter on american football there's not really uh an equivalent for um your your level of football so right yeah, the positions don't equate really mm-hmm. cool we've had some of the uh the best in the world as well we had uh peter schmeichel who's obviously a big one he was the goalkeeper for the uh treble winning team we had Ed, edwin van der sar he was most notable in uh Alex ferguson's later teams and also the current goalkeeper who um not to be like biased may United fan or whatever but a lot of people have also agreed with the statement which is that uh, david Haya, the current goalkeeper that we've got a uh, spanish goalkeeper uh is probably the best goalkeeper in the world at the moment so and uh, i'm very confident when he's uh Again, to use the football term, between the sticks. So, um, in between the uh, sticks in the goal. So, um, yeah, excited to see more of him, obviously, on Monday as well. Uh, have you ever streamed yourself on Twitch or YouTube? Uh, yes, we both have. Well, you, you do it on uh, Mixer, don't you? So. Yeah, I don't do it on Twitch, I do it on Mixer. Cool, yeah, so we've both done that. And, um, obviously, like I said, some of the newer podcasts are on YouTube as well. So, uh, number 19, we've got two questions left. Uh, have you ever used a walkthrough? I have because sometimes even if you do get stuck in a game, it's okay to look for help on YouTube. So, because um, you know you don't want to be stuck on something for twenty, thirty, forty minutes or whatever it is. Um, and yeah, you you figure out something yourself to a degree. But you know if it gets a little bit too silly or whatever, you uh, look up a walkthrough. How about you? I've gone beyond that. Um, back in the day, before modern, what we consider modern internet, and before there was like you know fax or walkthroughs or anything to look up, 
if you got stuck on like an NES level game or an SES level game, there was actually a, a phone number you had to call to get tips, and I've actually called okay. that phone number before. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but yeah, most people probably used uh, walkthroughs and stuff, so... Um, and the last question which we'll end on and end the podcast on what's the best weapon you've used in a game um, I remember particularly pointing out more, more in Far Cry 5 than in Far Cry 4 the bow and arrow which isn't particularly powerful but I really enjoyed using it um, I mean I like bow and arrows themselves in general because you know apex construct and stuff but um, yeah that was just a fun one to kind of use so um, what about you what's the best weapon you, you can recall using in a game uh, well, I don't know about best, but the one I've had the most fun with is that in Division 2, once you get past the first part of the main story, I call it Story 1.1, I guess, yeah. uh, you unlock the specializations uh, for that, and it's basically an extra weapon that you can have. Because the way this set up, the game is set up is you have two primary weapons, and then you, yeah. and then you get a fourth weapon, which is a specialization. And in that, there's a, a compound crossbow. And the crossbow has an exploding head tip. Mm. And so you can actually peg people with the crossbow, and then there are a group of people, and the whole thing explodes. Nice. And there's actually an achievement, and I'm guessing an equivalent trophy if you're playing on the PS4, called Arrow to the Knee, which you shoot people in the legs ten times, So, which is obviously a Skyrim reference. Okay, yeah. But yeah, that one you can have a lot of fun with. Cool, that sounds pretty cool as well. So I like when you sort of use... Um like sticky grenades and you can kind of uh or the other thing i like doing is when you're about to see an enemy throw a grenade and then you you shoot them and they drop it so that's always quite satisfying so but yeah i'd say the most fun i've had using a weapon is probably the bow and arrow in in far cry so uh a lot of people would say probably the uh, leviathan axe from god of war i know that's a really popular one so uh yeah we'll continue this next week we've got uh some other questions left but uh we also have the iZombie podcast to do which we'll be recording right after this um, but uh, thank you all very much for listening to Random Gaming Talk, Entertainment Talk's video game podcast, of course. Uh, we'll be back next week with, an hour, with another episode. Uh, please be sure to check out all the updates that we've recently released. So for YouTube, Patreon, merchandise, and b- a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, be sure to check out the website, entertainmenttalk.org. Podcast platforms, obviously, search for Entertainment Talk or Random Gaming Talk. Um, and yeah, check out David on geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio, and also look out for the Extra Life stuff that, uh, is it Don, your, your friend's called? Yeah, my friend's name is Don, and like I said, it's CGL1 on uh, Twitch, so you can just search for that. Cool, so go and look out for that, uh, obviously follow and tick on the notifications, because you need to press both of those buttons for some reason, um, but yeah, look out for that, and of course, as always, look out on entertainmenttalk.org for all the rest of our content. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, uh, we are on Patreon. Again, going to have a look at the new tier and uh, decide for yourself what you'd like to choose. If you don't want us to choose anything, there's also free options of how to support us. I'll get to those in a minute. But the other other paid option is Amazon Affiliate Link, which is where you shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut. It won't cost you extra. Uh, the free options for supporting us, iTunes feeds, simply obviously subscribe, which you only have to press one button to do that because then iTunes will just send you uh, the new... Uh, podcast in your app or whatever uh so be sure to subscribe rate and review us on itunes if you don't want to review the feed you can simply tap on the star rating i'll continue to check that uh word of mouth of course the big way to support us for free uh please tell your friends and family people that you know about the website and the itunes feeds uh share them on facebook retweet them on twitter and if you're allowed to put them in different facebook groups video games if you want to watch us play different video games me and david stream on twitch robert streams on mixer and look out for let's play sundays on sundays 
Um, that's everything for this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.